The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, my name is Rob McConnell. This is the X-Zone. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Our special guest to this hour is a gentleman we've had the pleasure of having on the show before. And I can tell you, if you're into the 2012 scenario, if you are one of the millions of people who are wondering what is going to be happening on December the 21st, 2012 at 11.11, this hour is for you. Joining me from Mexico is Jock Whitehouse, and he is the author of the Legend of Quetzal Beyond 2012, a magical adventure to discover a the real promise of the Mayan prophecy. That was his first book, but he's joining us tonight, Exo Nation, to talk about his new book. And I'm going to let him tell us about, a bit about that when he could, joins us right here now from his home in Mexico. And uh, Jock Whitehouse, welcome back to the Exo. Great having you with us. Rob, thanks again. It's good to be good to hear your voice again. Long, long time away. <laughs> too long, my friend. Too long. Uh, congratulations on a new book. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's a sequel to the first one, Don and Kuku Khan. But essentially, the two of them go hand in hand because they're they're like spiritual guidebooks written in allegory form. To, to I guess to help us get our bearings in in these challenging times. Being down in Mexico, living there, you're you know, you're very close to where all the action is supposed to be taking place, where the prophecy was supposed to have started from. Now, what are the Mayans saying? You know, hearing everything that everyone else is saying. You know, the end of the world, doomsday. Uh, what do they think about all this? Oh boy, they're very discouraged, Rob. Really. Um, because they feel, and I think correctly so, that they've, that the rest of the world has taken what the Mayan had discovered and, and mm-hmm. really put it out of context. Uh, what they felt, that, and they feel, I think correctly, that the mm-hmm. Maya had prophesied was a, a change in consciousness, not the end of the world and cataclysm and all that sort of thing. So they feel that an opportunity is passing and being... I guess commercialized uh, from what was really originally very deep wisdom. So yeah, there's a there's a little bit of um, ups- upset there. I would imagine so. And uh, has the has the end of the Mayan calendar uh, and and it's a and it's alleged connection with the Mayan, especially with all the negativity that that so many groups, organizations, and individuals are promoting about it. Is it starting to take its toll in Mexico in general? Not really. Uh, I don't think they've connected what's happening globally to mm-hmm. that from from a should I say from a commercial sense. 
they do see that that the world is going toward a healing crisis uh economically and politically and and globally with the climate mm-hmm. and whatnot and they're they're not taking it in stride but they're seeing it as mounting daily evidence of in fact what a change of consciousness might look like so right. gotcha. um, when it, they they don't attach uh what would I want to say apocalypse mm-hmm. to it but they do attach deeper meaning to the mayan understanding of the large shifts in consciousness that take place and shifts in in extremes Speaking about shifts, you and I have to shift to a commercial break right now. Please stand by. Jock Whitehouse is our special guest. It's always a great pleasure having Jock on. He's uh, speaking to us from his home in sunny Mexico. His website is www.jockwhitehouse.com. And Jock and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we talk more about December the 21st, 2012, and the Mayan Connection. Here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. We all desire health, happiness, and fulfillment, but often get in our own way. Repeated patterns that leave us out of control can keep us feeling powerless, frustrated, and unable to move forward in spite of our best efforts. Unconscious patterning disconnects us from our gifts, often destroying the very thing we seek. But there is an answer. We can take charge of our destiny and heal the trauma of our history. Shamanism is an effective ancient modality that can reconnect us with our true selves, empower the creation of our dreams, and return us to health and balance. Cody Alexander is a certified shamanic practitioner and teacher with 11 years experience. 
Email healingpathways33 at gmail.com or visit codyalexander.net to schedule a long-distance shamanic session today. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Jock Whitehouse is our special guest this hour. His website is www.jockwhitehouse.com. Well, let's try this one again. Jockwhitehouse.com. Brain said one thing, mouth went the other way, and I'm smack dab in the middle of it. Uh, Jock, uh, so what is the truth behind 2012 as far as the Mayans who started the entire 2012 scenario is, are concerned? It's uh, it's really interesting, Rob. Uh, when I first used it as a metaphor in, mm-hmm. in my writing, it was sort of to be entertaining. And uh, what has started happening is that all of a sudden, all these events, you know, the economy and the weather and politics and all this sort of thing started to accumulate. And I began to wonder, well, what, what would a crisis look like? What would apocalypse look mm. like? My God, I hope they're not right. <laughs> And I looked at all, not all the prophecies, but a lot of them, like Nostradamus and the I Ching and Revelation and the Hopi. And interestingly enough, what they all have in common is an underlying reference to the tipping power of going to extremes. If we do too much in, in any one direction, they all seem to say, the balance will shift suddenly, and we shouldn't be doing that. And so from that respect, uh, what's going on today in the world did fit what the Maya and all the others had prophesied, because I do think we're, we're going through a period of extremes, and when, when the scales tip, everything can shift quite suddenly. So it's, it's, it's worked as a very good metaphor for these spiritual guidebooks that I've written, and in, in the metaphor really should be one of optimism because crises, mm-hmm. as, as they come upon us, and I think we're in the middle of several of them, um, strip us of our old beliefs because our old beliefs don't work anymore. It's sort of like rupturing with the past. And the, the young folks on Wall Street now and the Arab Spring, mm-hmm. uh, these are we're looking at it as very possibly dark and ominous, but in reality, I think it's it's a, a necessary and, and wonderful process in spite of the some of the terrible, terrible pain it's causing, especially the economy. You know, it's all it's but, almost uh, as if it's almost as if, Jock, that that the world is purging itself of the infestation that and the infection and the negativity that we humans have created. That's a real good word, purging, because it is a purging. It's a healing crisis, and we're getting rid of the stuff that mm-hmm. doesn't work anymore. And the young people, I think, can tackle that far easier than we can, because, I, well, at least at my age, I'm angry, and, and I want to really just punch someone in the nose. Yeah. And they're sort of coming at it with a, a, a sense of deep injustice, but the anger isn't isn't quite what it might be or you know what i would feel and i think they're allowing room for healing and reconciliation which is a necessary ingredient once you once everything hits the bottom and and just to take uh take this one step further look what's happening on wall street and through every major city around the world with 
with these quiet and very peaceful protests saying, hey, there's, there's got to be a change sociologically as well as financially in this world. Like the, the rift between the rich and the poor is, is growing in, in, you know, in leaps and bounds, and somebody's got to do something, and it's we the people who are saying we have the power. Oh, boy, I love to hear you say that. Because I think it's the dynamic of the mm-hmm. rich and the poor that is the largest driving engine globally. I agree. To change. I agree. And and I love seeing these guys get up there and, and shaking their fists and saying, we're the 99% and we're going to change the way things are. Because really, they can't go on the way they are. No. From every standpoint, economically, politically, we're just in a... Everything is rotting, you know, at least in the States. Not only in the and, States, and my our, friend, but we're seeing, look what's happening in Greece. You know, we're, we're looking oh at a double-digit yeah. recession because Greece, which is the found, one of the foundations of, of, of humanity, isn't able to yeah. pull its weight anymore. And, and we're all going to topple with them. I do. We got a way to go down before we hit bottom, mm-hmm. but it, I think it's a it's a very positive process. How, in your opinion, and you've been talking to people about spirituality as as well as the the Mayans about you know this this re, rebirth, this this purging. How do how do we get this message across to people who are looking at doom and gloom all the time? You know, I, I look at I look at the 2012 scenario like this, Jock. That presently in our state of evolution, we're caterpillars that have entered a cocoon, and on December the 21st, 2012, we leave the cocoon and we come out into a new spiritual realm with a new way of thinking, a new positive way of looking at the world. Because so many people are going to be wearing crow and, and a pie on their face because the world is not going to come to an end. Boy, I love the word cocoon. <laughs> I just wrote it down. You can use it. We're enveloped in a cocoon of, yes. of manufactured values. Yep. And, and no larger truths can come out of that. So what you're saying, I think, is absolutely so. That uh, we're going to get shaken to the core mm-hmm. and find... The new truths that are already within ourselves, um, the the Maya, not only the Maya, but so many of them, make very deep reference to our oneness with all the universe. You know, and that's really been the large problem in their eyes that we've lost touch with that. And they would say that the the truth speaks to us within is if we'll only be still enough for long enough to allow it to speak and to hear it. I think and what I think. You, go on. I'm sorry. Sir. Go ahead. Yeah. I, um, well, I just think that voice is going to come to the surface, you know, soon. Mm-hmm. I think the voice has already been heard, but people look at the instead of looking at the universe being as one, they segregate it into different philosophies, different religions. And we have all these little splinter groups around the world who are trying to claim their spot, their spot on top of a of a, an orange crate somewhere, with everybody leaving the other splintered groups coming to them in the middle, instead of realizing that we're all on this planet as one, and that as a species we need to pull together, get rid of the 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 negativity caused by the lack of respect for one another and continue into the future together. 
I'm, I wish I could record all this. <laughs> I'll send you a copy you're of right it. You're right on. I think you're right on. Um, the, we're caught, we're looking at the foreground, mm-hmm. thinking that that's the reality, when in fact there's this huge background that's orchestrated, it's running the show. Yep. And it's part of each of us, and, and we've sort of cut it away and aren't, aren't paying attention to it. You see, I call it the God factor. Okay, I'll go there right away. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I call it, because this this is a word, whether it's Yahweh, whether it's Allah, whether it's uh, God, people associate with this name, this identity as the supreme being. And I think it's because people have been dumbed it down through society and, and splintered further apart. And instead of working together, like we're back in the days of the Tower of Babel, and that's what the entire Tower of Babel scenario was about. Wasn't it? We're right back there. And we as humans do not learn from history. You know, life is simple. We complicate it. Who we ever huh. condemned to repeat it? Yeah, you know, like, like I swear to God that when you open the Webster Dictionary, humanity should be beside the the definition or for the definition of stupid. <laughs> well, we're certainly being judged that way, aren't oh, we? Sure, we're living up to every bit of that. We are, it's, and it's, it's almost embarrassing. But you know what? I have faith in the human race. I have faith in people. I believe that it will take a shakeup before the world realizes what is going on. All we have to do is look back in recent history. Look how the United States and all the countries pulled together after 9/11. What happened after the great tsunami? What happened after the uh, the tsunami that hit Japan? Everybody pulls together. The the earthquake in in uh, Haiti yeah. Nations pull together. This is what I think this world of ours will need, a near-cataclysmic event in order to pull us together. And if this is what the psychological implications of the devastation of the world in 2012 is going to do, let it happen. And maybe people will have the poop scared out of them, and they'll realize that, oh, that oh, if that's what it was going to be like, hey, Joe, Sam, uh, Jacques, uh, Abdullah, whatever, Let's shake hands, forget our, uh, our, our religious philosophies, teach me about yours, I'll teach you about mine, and together we'll learn, bond, form as one, and go together into the future. That's essentially what the second book is about, the Dawn on Kuku Khan. Uh, it's recognizing that the darkness in the world is born from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And what we must do is recognize that we are part of it and understand that it needs and we need forgiving and embrace that part of it ourselves. We, we point, I, I say in the book that we, we sort of appoint surrogates to carry out the darkness of our unconscious. Mm-hmm. And then we blame them. They say, oh, you're so terrible. You're the worst there is. Oh, I'm sure not that way. I'm pure and white. And that has to be, that has to change because there, there is no good and evil. There is only us and God. Bingo. God, I agree with we you. are God. That's right. After all, in the Bible it says, and God said, let us create man in our image. So if we're created in God's image, we are God's. 
We are God. Stand by, my friend. And you and I have to take our commercial break with the news. Exonation, a great hour with Jock Whitehouse. He is my guest. His website is www.jockwhitehouse.com. That's www.jockwhitehouse.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this news break as the Exxon continues. We're right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, my guest this hour is Jock Whitehouse. Uh, we're talking about, um, let's see, Jock's uh, two books. The first one is entitled The Ledge of Quetzal, Beyond 2012, a magical adventure to discover the real promise of the Mayan prophecy. And Jock, tell the Exxon Nation the title of your second book that is now available by our good friends at Red Wheel Wiser. Uh, thank you, Rob. The second book is called Dawn on Kukulkan, The Return of the Beginning, December 21, 2012. And Kukulkan is uh, K-U-K-U-L-K-A-N. Uh, a little complicated. To, for, they're all Mayan words, and Kukulkan is the name for mm-hmm. that the Maya gave to Quetzalcoatl. Um, but if your listeners are interested, they can search J-O-C-K White House on Amazon, and they'll find it right away. 
Um, the Dawn is a sequel to the the first book, mm-hmm. Ledge of Quetzal, and it delves really into our relationship with uh, darkness. Mm-hmm. And um, in mythology here in Mexico, there are two. Uh, there's the god of light who's yes. called Quetzalcoatl and the god of darkness who is Tezcatlipoca. And um, in the end of this, the main hero who has struggled to find his own divinity brings light and dark together. And it's sort of the resolution just on the, as, on the eve of 2012. So it's really resolving what would be called dualis- dualisms into uh, universal harmony. Let me ask you uh, something, Jock. What ever happened to the Maya? It's interesting. Everybody thinks they disappeared, mm-hmm. uh, but they really didn't. Um, they they were fairly strong until the year 900, about, let's say. And then uh, there began to be a lot of turf wars uh, with other tribes that surrounded the Yucatan and the Central American area. And they became upset with their leaders and sort of fled into the jungle. Uh, and they just disappeared in a, as, a, as a civilized um, entity, as a, as a culture, and merged with all the people surrounding in the surrounding area. Right now, there are about six million Maya down in Yucatan and Guatemala. So why do people think that the Maya are extinct if there's six million of them? They, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it gives the myth more mystery. I guess so, eh? <laughs> no, they're all down there, and they're healthy and happy. <laughs> well, that's wonderful to hear, because once again, when we look at 2012, we have to look beyond. And I remember I was talking to a Mayan elder, and I asked him about the Mayan calendar and the significance. He said, it's very simple. He said, you're in Canada on New Year's Day, you take your calendar, that is for a year, and you take it down. It ends. It starts July, uh, January the 1st, goes until December the 31st, right, Rob? And I said, that's right. He said, you take it down. I said, that's right. And he said, you put up a new one. I said, well, that's right. He said, well, that's what we're, that's what it's about. That's right. It's that simple. <laughs> it's wonderful. It is that simple. Um, they did attach to it, because the t- December 21st, 2012, is the end of what they call the Fifth mm-hmm. World Age. And uh, each world age, in their, by their long count calendar, they had three calendars, um, is 5,125 years long. And each end of it is, a, in their mind, was a shift in, for lack of a better word, consciousness. Though what they would have called it is their relationship with the gods and the cosmos. And it all had to do with where the world was in relation to the center of the galaxy and over, over the course of each of the 5,000 years. And, and to December 21st, 2012 is the end of the fifth world age. But as the fellow said, we put up a new calendar and there's the beginning of the sixth one. <laughs> So how do we prepare or how do we get the truth out to the to the rest of the world that it has nothing to do with Armageddon? It's not apocalypse. It's not the end of the world. Nibiru or Nibiru is not going to come out of the middle of space where nobody can actually find it right now and smash into the earth. Why can't we just accept the fact of what it really is? 
It's, uh, I, I'm hoping we can, Rob. Uh, in fact, if the Maya prophecy didn't exist, we'd still want to emerge as as more conscious entities from what it is we're going through now. Mm-hmm. And to refer back to a point you made before the break of, of God and our, our own divinity, I think we've been so long away from our own identity in relationship to God or the universe or the cosmos or whatever you want to call that, the earth itself, that we no longer understand how we're tied into it and we don't have benchmarks. We've lost sight of the benchmarks that are all over, all around us and within us that really guide us uh, along the path that the universe itself is unfolding through. And I'm hoping that the crises that are that we are going through, and goodness knows the, these, the economy is causing huge crises. Oh, my heavens, yes. Will force or sort of wipe out earlier beliefs, leaving us naked so mm-hmm. that we f- uh, must find a deeper truth within ourselves to start navigating this this new sea that we find ourselves on. And those truths are, if properly found, are from the divine. So once again, it, so once again, it seems, Jock, that what we need to do is, is unite, first of all, as a, as a, as a race, as, as a biological entity called humanity. Then we have to merge or bring together a greater understanding of all the rel- all the religions and religious philosophies because I think that once you sit down and you actually compare notes you're going to be talking about the same thing and yes. understand and I think that one of the biggest biggest problems that we have and this has been proven throughout the years in, in our past is that we do not respect the human race as humans wow that's you're coming at it with a sharp edge there, and it's very true. Um, in in my second book, The Dawn on Kuku Khan, mm-hmm. the the huge message that came to me from through that is uh, to first see each other as children, and the innocence just swims out from the from them, and we grow into wounded adults. And what we must do is have compassion for everyone yeah. and forgive them and ourselves. And that's the beginning of, I think, coming together and understanding ourselves as all belonging to the same race. You know, two, there are two words a human has so much problems saying with sincerity and honesty, and that's, I'm sorry. Oh, boy. Isn't it? Yeah. And it's oh guy, I'm sorry. Yes, it's such a naked, yeah. naked statement. And you, it's you, beautiful. You just have to let yourself go. Put down your defenses. Drop your walls. Put your heart in your hand and say, "I'm sorry." Yes. Yes, it is. That's very sweet. And it's so simple, isn't it? It is. It sounds simple. It sounds simple, but as you and I and everyone listening tonight know. At times, those two words are the hardest words for anyone to say. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this is where, throughout the years, God 
and the devil have come in to be very handy for humans. You know, God made me do it. The devil made me do it. Instead of saying, you know what? It's my fault. I'm sorry. I did. Religion yeah. has been used as a passing the buck tool by humanity. Oh, it's done more damage than we can describe. Exactly. Exactly. So what do you hope that that readers will will walk away with after they after they finish reading your second book, Jock? Well, I would hope they'd read the first one uh, first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, that, needless to say. Uh, the first one has several steps, even mm-hmm. in allegory form, that are helpful in aligning ourselves, finding our own truth to begin with, mm-hmm. getting rid of all the garbage that we've surrounded ourselves with, and beginning to distill the, uh, the truth of ourselves and then step by step recognize how intimately we're connected with the the source of all creation and that's god and in the second book what you do what i would suggest or what the narrative suggests is taking your divinity you then step out and co-create a new reality first for yourself and then for all those around you and as far as you might be able to reach and the co-creation act is really an act of your own divinity it's recognizing where you are and how you participate in it and what you how your truth fits in that and then simply coming forward and living that truth then you'll be in in i think in in the path of what this larger consciousness would have us become. What do you think will happen, Jock, after after December the 21st, 2012? <laughs> we'll take down the calendar. <laughs> 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 My, well, of course, I, I, don't, I don't think anything's going to be over with by then. Mm-hmm. There still, will still be a lot of healing going on. Yeah. But if, if it's precipitous, as it could be, uh, then I'm hoping that enough of us, and it doesn't take many, it takes a couple hundred thousand in the world, might have the strength to speak the truths that they already know and help the others get down out from this low, low point and up to the high road and into a new light. And it is a question of loving your neighbor, and it's a question of, I think, in, almost an imperative, and almost a moral imperative, to become fully involved in, in the healing process that 2012 offers opportunity. I think that there's going to be a lot more people taking note of the crisis that our world is in, especially when it, be, when it comes to the environment, because... Uh, the news media is reporting that the coffee industry may be coming to an end because of the the global condition of our environment. Not only that, right. but the chocolate cocoa bean may be going into extinction because of the same thing. So maybe this will kickstart the people into using their brains like the coffee kickstarts them into, you know, starting their day. Something is happening. We all know that for a fact. Look what's happened in the Middle East since you and I last talked. The Middle yes. East is changing. We're seeing 
we're seeing uh, totalitarianism being changed into a democratic society. People are doing it the right way, and I, for one, think that the social medias are playing a big part of it. You've got yeah, organized. Well, well, thanks very much. But I was talking about the people who use Twitter and and the and the uh, oh. other texting to organize, organize these peaceful rallies. And as long as people keep reminding themselves that they are the power, together, as a unified front, they can do anything. And as long as they do it for the right reasons, I will support them and I will be behind them. That's what, as a matter of fact, at the end of this interview, mm -hmm. I'm dashing off to a Occupy Wall Street in Mexico meeting. <laughs> wow. You, you revolutionary, you. <laughs> They've really rallied down here. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, it's about time because uh, when, you, when you think about it, you know, for the people, by the people has been changed to for the people, by the corporation. Banks, insurance yes. companies, and government. The people are fed up, and they're saying, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We trusted you with our power. You're not doing it right. We're taking it back. Peacefully. Yes. And it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. It absolutely is going to happen. It certainly is. And, Jock, you and I have yeah. to take our final break. My friend, please stand by. Exonation. Jock Whitehouse is our very special guest. His website is www.jockwhitehouse.com. And if you'd like to find any of his books, go to Amazon and in the search engine put J-O-C-K-W-H-I-T-E-H-O-U-S-E. -E. That's Jock Whitehouse. And Jock and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break. As the Exxon continues, we're right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name's Rob McConnell. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation. Whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials, how we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. 
we tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Geez, uh, I, I was just talking to the guys here, and uh, one of our producers said, "Well, Rob, if if there are six million Maya still around, you know how how you know why don't the re- why doesn't the rest of the world want to understand this and accept it?" And you know, the other producer said, "Well, Jock was right because it's it just personifies the myth. It keeps it that with that little shake shaking and the little shade that uh, that is used on." television with special effects you know the the shaky camera jitters just to give you all the all the woo-woo factor but first of all jack i want to thank you jock i want to thank you so much for joining us it's always a great pleasure talking to you uh can congratulations on another great book and and i agree with you you know both your books would make an excellent excellent christmas gift getting into the uh, year 2012 and um what final thank you. you you're welcome my friend and what final words would you like to leave the exxon nation with tonight I would um, mostly words uh, to youth, because I think they are the people who will will be the ones carrying oh, yes, out definitely. the the what do I want to say here the the heavy lifting, and yeah. I love their idealism, and um, I hope they all continue on the high road mm-hmm. because we need all their optimism and vision and energy and openness and it'll help us old folks um, make it to the end in with, with a little bit of dignity <laughs> and because the the truth is the the youth of today are the leaders of tomorrow and it's the example we give them today and the knowledge and the education that we give them today what we teach them today that will bring us into the future as they carry that torch forward indeed yeah Jock, uh, let our listeners know how they can find out more about you. Uh, if, it would be best if they just did uh, a search on Amazon mm-hmm. uh, for J-O-C-K White House, and the books will come up there. Or they, if they Google Jock White House, you'll find about 40 pages of, <laughs> of information that they probably don't care about. <laughs> but it would be well worth but, reading. There you go. Well, some of it, I hope. The books are, I think. I hope they would be spiritually sort of helpful as as guidebooks to the spirit. Jock, well, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Take care of yourself, my friend, and now you can uh, go to your Occupy meeting. There you go. Occupy Mexico. <laughs> thank you, Rob. Take care, buddy. It's been wonderful being with you. It's been my pleasure. Take care of yourself. Exonation. You Nation, Jock Whitehouse has been my guest this hour. We've been talking about... 2012, and uh, Jock will be with us again in the very near future because this guy, uh, he's just a joy to talk to. Plus, I want to find out what happens at the Occupy in Mexico. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the hour right here from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.